Snapple is known for delicious drinks and facts under their caps. But what rumors follow the company? Follow me down the rabbit hole to find out. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the rabbit hole. My name is Danny, and I am your host. And today we are talking about Snapple. I know you've probably heard the rumors, but they have delicious drinks if you try their drinks. I'm actually not a fan of Snapple, but that's neither here nor there. That doesn't change what I'm going to tell you today. Um, so here's a little bit of the history. Actually, there's a lot of history behind the company. So Snapple was founded in 1972 by Arnold Greenberg, Leonard Marsh, and Hyman Golden. Greenberg ran a health food store on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, while Marsh and his brother-in-law, Golden, they ran a window washing service. In the early 1970s, they founded Unadulterated Food Products Incorporated, and they wanted to sell like pure fruit juices to health food stores, but they wanted to do like unusual blends of fruits. So mind you, this is the 1970s. So they didn't have like the juice industry the way we do now, which you can find all kinds of weird mixtures and things. Snapple kind of or unadulterated food products wanted to provide that. And it kind of made sense because Greenberg worked at a health food store. So like he kind of he knew what they were probably wanting. So they ran this business in their spare time while they were still working their regular jobs. So they couldn't just quit their jobs and run unadulterated food products because they just they weren't making enough money. In 1978, they began to market carbonated apple juice. And they called this product Snapple, which makes sense because, you know, carbonated is kind of like snappy and it's an apple juice. I mean, okay, who doesn't like carbonated apple juice? So Snapple was so popular, super popular. And in the first month, they sold about 500 cases. And then in the second month, they also sold another 500 cases. So they were like, wow, all right, this is kind of our thing. You know, they were kind of getting into it. Everyone started calling them because they wanted their product. They, like, the distri distributors started calling. Everybody wanted this. They're like, this is the best. Well, it's not for the reason you think. So, now, don't get me wrong. Carbonated apple juice is delicious, but in the warehouse where Snapple was being kept before distribution, the tops started to pop off the bottles, and that's when they realized that the juice was fermenting. So they weren't just selling apple juice. They were selling basically like fermented apple juice, so alcohol at that point. Um, <laughs> once they got that debacle all figured out, and they did in fact start to grow the company. So in 1979, they hired their first salesman. So outside of the three of them, that was like the first person that they hired. 1980, Unadulterated expanded the Snapple line to include all other natural juices. In 82, they added natural sodas. So this product was a bit pricey at the time. It was a dollar a bottle, which I know right now seems like cheap. But back in 1982, that was that was quite pricey despite that however they still have 
decent success with this in New York, Boston, and Washington, D.C. So at this point, they're still like an East Coast company. They hadn't expanded any further. They're from New York, so of course they're going to start in New York, but they're they're kind of staying on the East Coast. In the meantime, the founders spent most of their time, because at this point they had, they had quit their other jobs, so they spent most of their time thinking up new products and names, different things. It took about six months to a year to develop each new variety of Snapple, because it, um, they had to make sure that the taste was just right, that the color was, you know, because nobody wants to drink like a brown drink. So you have to make sure the color's right and the taste is right. And they wanted to name each variety something that wasn't too gimmicky that they could, you know, that that would catch your attention. But I don't know. They they spent a lot of times on names. They th- they thought of a lot of different names before landing on one name. In 1986, Snapple expanded into fruit drinks. A year later, they finally, finally, they struck gold. They did it. It only took them like 15 years. Snapple needed a summertime drink. So they had all these other drinks. They had, you know, the apple juice, the natural juices, fruit drinks, sodas. But they wanted to do like a summertime drink. And that's when they decided to make iced tea, which... That was it. Like, that's what they needed. So the secret was that they worked with a tea vendor and a bottler, and they would bottle the tea while it was still warm. So that eliminated the need for preservatives. So up until this point, all the bottled teas that were, like, they were made from either concentrates or, like, they had concentrates in them, sugars, preservatives, soda. They didn't taste good. So Snapple made the first ready-to-drink tea that actually tasted good. And it was single serve. So you get it like a single serve, like almost a soda bottle type, right? Like, like Snapple is still a single serve option that actually tasted delicious. And that sounds all good, but then they like couldn't keep up with production. We're going to get there in a second. So in 1988, Snapple introduced the lemon flavored iced tea. The product was so popular that it continued the sale even after as summertime left. So they weren't expecting iced tea to do well after the summer, but it did. They were super excited about that, obviously. So they started to add other flavors. By the end of 88, unadulterated food products incorporated sales had increased by 60%. So they were up to $13.3 million in sales that year, which I mean is a lot, especially like an increase of 60%. Who's not excited about that? That's for sure. So the growth continued into the next year. So 1989, where they added 53 different flavors. And in the first six months of 89, the company's revenues from non-carbonated drinks increased by 600%. I'm sure they were just happy dancing all over the place. And by the fall of that year, they couldn't keep up with demand. Like I said, they, they started to fall behind. So that's when they actually added like a second bottling company or they, they sent their bottles or they sent their products to two different bottlers now. So they had to increase what they were doing because they couldn't keep up and more people wanted their product. In 1990, Snapple introduced Snap Up. So this was their entrance into the isotonic sports drink market. And they also introduced a bigger bottle option of 32 ounces to be sold at grocery stores and taken home. So they were trying to break out of the single serve market and into more like a two liter option, one liter, two liter option, like you see sodas because they wanted, they wanted to sell more products basically. And they, they were trying everything at this point, right? 
and the other companies were doing it and it was working for them. So why can't it work for Snapple or excuse me, un- unadulterated food products at the time? In 1991, they moved their headquarters to Long Island from Brooklyn. I mean, the the three founders lived in Long Island, so it made sense for them to move it. And, of course, their growth just continued. They were growing so much. They were now second in sales only to Lipton. And they introduced Snapple to the California market. So they finally expanded away from the East Coast and went to California, which that's a really good place to start. In the West Coast, if you're going to start somewhere, California makes the most sense, in my opinion. I mean, I'm no, I'm no expert, but, you know, in my humble little opinion, go to California. And also, Californians love fruit drinks. I don't know if that was true in the 90s, but I feel like it's always true. In 1992, so 1992 was a huge year for Snapple. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Our most precious asset is our time. So many people wish they had more of it. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? But no matter how short you are on time, you will always find a way to fit in things that are important to you. Therapy can help you identify the most important things in your life and prioritize them. Life can get away from you and it can be hard to take back the reins. Whether you need to learn how to set boundaries, become the best version of yourself, or even break generational curses, therapy can help. The best thing about BetterHelp is that it's totally online, so you can fit it into your busy schedule. We don't have an extra hour in our day, so not having to commute to therapy makes it so much more convenient. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist after filling out a brief questionnaire. And what's great is if you don't mesh well with that therapist, you can switch at any time for no additional fee. You don't have time to waste. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash rabbit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash rabbit. Huge. A lot of things happened. So Snapple reached an agreement with this. So they, they needed more money. Basically, they were trying to figure out how do they get more money for more advertising to expand nationwide. They wanted to move their product everywhere, not just California and then like the East Coast states. So they reached an agreement with Thomas H. Lee Company and a Snapple Holding Corporation was formed in Delaware. Unadulterated sold 70% of the company to Thomas H. Lee Company for $45 million. And of course, the founders of Unadulterated Food Company they got their they got some 
profits. I think they each got like 300 million, not 300 million, excuse me, 300,000 a year. And then like bonuses for the sales of stocks or something like that. So this deal helped Snapple to gain the resources to get nationwide distribution. But this ramp up got the attention of the big soft drink industries. So Coca-Cola teamed up with Lipton and Pepsi teamed up with Nestle to market their own iced tea products. So Coke and Pepsi both were like, oh, poopy. We see you, Snapple. And they started to kind of feel threatened. And Lipton and Nestle both needed backup because like... Who doesn't want to back up? Uh, who doesn't want backup from like big soft drink companies? So that's kind of what happened. And they all kind of went into competition with each other. With this competition, they also ramped up advertising. Snapple did. So they were like advertising crazy. But this, the advertising they were doing was not great. And in fact, so they were doing like live advertising on some radio shows. So they were doing R- the Rush Limbaugh show and also... Howard Stern's show, they would do live advertising there. Um, They actually blamed the Rush Limbaugh show for a lot of the rumors that started later on. So, and actually, in another one of our episodes, Rush Limbaugh was blamed for the conspiracy theory. I can't remember exactly which one, but go him, man. Conspiracy theorist. I'm I'm here for it, obviously. With their advertising kind of not working out for them, at the end of the year, they did end up going with a new advertising company. But in the same year, still 1992, like I said, big year for them, they did want to get their product worldwide. So not only did they go nationwide this year, they wanted to go worldwide because why not? Go big or go home. That's what I always say. So they started to distribute their products to American military bases all over the world, which if you're going to start somewhere, that's a great place to start, especially if you're giving military members things for free because we love free things. Um, anyway, so this actually worked really well and helped them pull ahead of Nestle in terms of sales. In December of 1992, the company decided to start selling stock to the public and in preparation for going public they merged into their subsidiary becoming snapple beverage corporation so that's when they went from they went from unadulterated food products at the beginning of the year and then they sold and they were snapple holding corporation and then they became snapple beverage corporation all in the same year they had a wild 1992 and 1993 wasn't as good of a year wah wah Anyway, Lipton introduced ready-to-drink tea and took the lead of sales. They, like, took off. But Lipton has always been an iced tea company where Snapple kind of started as, like, fruit drinks. And they they have a lot of fruit drinks. So And they branched into teas, whereas Lipton's always been a tea company. So I don't think of Lipton. When I think of tea, I don't really think of Snapple. I think of Lipton. When I think of Snapple, I think more fruit. Anyway, I know that it doesn't matter what I think. Snapple had to fight for their spot, tripling the advertising budget. So they were like, we are losing to Lipton. Advertise more. And like I said, in 1992, their advertising wasn't as good. Even though they had a great year, their advertisements weren't doing as well. So that's why they did a better job of advertising in 93. Also, Snapple's franchise as a health food purveyor was threatened when the u.s food and drug administration began to question the use of the words all natural on some company labels 
and California regulators became suspicious of the designation brood on the company's teas. So I don't know what's going on there. Like, were they not all natural? Were they not brood? Why did everyone all of a sudden get suspicious of them? More questions. This year was also the first year, the first time we hear about the company supporting the Ku Klux, Ku Klux Klan. So the KKK. Who is the KKK? I'm glad you asked. Who is the Ku Klux Klan? It's hard to say. It's hard. It's hard to say. After the Civil War, wealthy white men would create like policing groups of sorts to suppress and victimize freed slaves because they were obviously mad because they lost the Civil War. So the Klan was one of these groups, the most famous of these groups. And they forced curfews and they had African-Americans carrying these passes basically as ways to control them. Like, even though they couldn't control them anymore because they weren't slaves, they're freed men now. They still wanted to control these people. So they would make them have curfews. They had to carry a pass saying, like, who they were working for. Like, just ridiculous things, right? And the KKK also used violence to enforce its rules, which is one of the things they're most known for is how violent they were to African-Americans. It, it's been, it, it was, it's awful. The things, if you want to know more about the KKK, absolutely go research that on your own. I'm just doing a really quick brief overview. Uh, the KKK still has chapters today. They're not as prevalent as they were even 50 years ago, back in the sixties and seventies. Like, it was still really bad back then. 80s. I mean, it's gotten a lot better. I'm sure there's still chapters. We don't really hear about the KKK out there doing bad things. We have movements like Black Lives Matter and different things today to protect black rights. But the KKK is one of the most notorious groups for being violent towards African-American people. Evidence that Snapple was supporting the KKK was on the original label. So their original label had this K and it was in a small circle. And it is said that the K represents the clan or it's the symbol of the clan. So that's where like the original, they're like, yep, look, there's a K on it. So there's got to be some support there for the Ku Klux Klan. This was back in the 80s, 90s, so the Klan was still around. They were still doing things that were not good. I mean, nothing that they ever did was good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not supporting the KKK. I want to be very, very clear about that before there are rumors about me. Um, also, on the original label, there was a ship in the background, and it. the rumors are that the ship was actually carrying Africans to America to become slaves. So they had enslaved these people and they were bringing them to America to be slaves. I will post a picture of this original label on Instagram so you guys can go and check it out. But, I mean, I don't know. They said that it's the Boston Tea Party and that's what, it doesn't, it seems very slave shippy to me. But you go check it out and decide for yourself. There were also rumors around the company that claimed that they were supporting an anti-abortion group called Operation Rescue. Operation Rescue was, um, it was founded in 1986 as like one of the most outspoken groups opposing abortion. They have done all kinds of like civil disobedient 
protest. They will stand in like stand in front of Planned Parenthood. They're the people that are out there like chanting, like "Don't kill babies" and all those different things. Um, again, I'm not trying to be on one side or another of any of these topics. I'm just trying to explain what each of these groups are. So, like, I'm not pro Ku Klux Klan. I think everybody should be against the KKK. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm not saying that I'm pro or against abortion. I'm just saying that this company or this nonprofit is completely against abortion. So they are the ones that are outside Planned Parenthood chanting like, don't kill babies and like trying to save people from committing murder or whatever. So that and they're like very outspoken about it, very aggressive about it. So these are two like very aggressive groups. They're not like nice anti-abortion people. They're very aggressive anti-abortion people. So it was, I mean, it's quite, quite scandalous for a nationwide now potentially worldwide company to be supporting these groups. Many years later. So right after in the weeks and months, like following the attacks on September 11th, there were a bunch of rumors that the company was owned by Osama bin Laden. So Snapple has been the butt of many, many rumors. They have, they have just, and it's been one thing after another. I don't know why Snapple has been like, there's gotta be something. And whether you believe these rumors or not, I, I don't know what I believe, but there to me, there's got to be something behind there that's saying, like, why do we keep attacking the same company over and over? And I think something that's kind of interesting is these rumors, like the KKK rumor was circulating in the black community while the anti-abortion rumor was circling in the white community. So it's weird that these were kind of racially fueled rumors whereas like i don't know where this osama bin laden rumor came from i don't know if these rumors are true but it's weird to me that we keep attacking snapple like what's going on there like what is the the reasoning behind snapple and they keep trying to put these fires out and we just keep attacking them over and over and over why not lipton why not nesty why not any of these other companies just snapple over and over so something is going on there i feel like these rumors are kind of like like a smoke and mirrors you know like they're trying to cover up for something else that's going on and i haven't found that yet but when i do you'll be the first to hear about it until next week my friends stay skeptical and i will see you all soon Hey friends, The Rabbit Hole is an independent podcast with everything you hear done by me, Danny Mercy. I appreciate all of your support. Please rate and review wherever you're listening. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at rabbit.holepodcast. And thank you, Zakar Valaha, for our awesome intro.